unacceptable is plastic stuck on the exhaust system and it's just burning off. Take a look under the car. Did you run over a plastic bag? Is it stuck? It could be antifreeze in the exhaust system. It could be an antifreeze drip on an exhaust system. Bottom line, your car smells funny. There's a reason. Get a mechanic to look at it. Be safe. Be sure. With your motoring minute, I'm the car doctor, Ron Ananian. Ron Ananian, the car doctor here. Call and tell me where it hurts. Drive in tomorrow morning at 10 on WOR. WOR, New York. The following program is sponsored by the Perry Management Corporation, who is solely responsible for its content. How many of you get your skincare advice from an amateur? Oh, come on now, let's admit it. You go to the cosmetics counter in a department store and ask the sales girl for her advice. What do you think she's going to say? They work on commission. They're going to sell you the highest price product. And those expensive products may not be the best. In fact, they may not work at all. Well, this is Plastic Surgery in the Air, and I'm your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I trained in surgery and plastic surgery at Harvard Cornell and the University of Chicago, and I am here to answer your questions about cosmetic surgery. I see patients in New Brunswick and Bridgewater, New Jersey areas, and I operate at the Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. Well, remember that the advice that I give you today is very general advice. You'll need to get more specific with your own doctor. But you can call today and ask me questions at 212 212- Five two eight zero one two nine. That's two one two five two eight zero one two nine. This program tells it straight. It's sort of like the no stitch zone for cosmetic surgery. And tonight we have a very special guest. Paula Begon has been hunting down the truth in skincare for decades now. She wrote "Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me," the Beauty Bible, and other books. She sold over two and a half million books. She has a syndicated column uh, in newspapers across the country, and she's been on TV programs such as Oprah and the Today Show. And I'm very happy to have Paula on today. She's going to hear, uh, be with us to answer your questions. And this is a real thrill for me personally because I've used Paula's books for over a decade. My patients know that I keep her books on the shelf above my desk when I do a skincare consultation. I use her book, and I look up the creams that people tell me they're on, and I tell them, well, are they worth worthless or are they worthwhile? Well, Paula, thank you for coming on the show today. You've been a light in the wilderness for consumers of cosmetics for many years. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, Dr. Perry, and I like that no-stitch zone. <laughs> I might quote you on that at some point, so you know, you'll have to forgive me already. Well, well, thanks again for uh, being, uh, being with us tonight. Sure. Paula, how do you get the inside information about the products that you review? Well, you know, it's not so inside uh, because what I use is published uh, journal, medical, you know, peer-reviewed, you know, biotech journals. I mean, it's published information. It isn't anything that's a secret. It's hard to read and it's hard to interpret. And, you know, how many people want to do a medical journal search and, you know, spend the money to buy the studies from these you know, amazing number of, of sources, but it's really not so all insider. The in, if there's any insider part, you know, having been part of the cosmetics industry for so many years, I know a lot of cosmetic chemists 
that talk to me off the records. And that part is always a kick to know what the cosmetic chemist actually thinks about what the marketer, you know, the company selling their product that they designed is saying about it. That part of the inside information that I write about is pretty fascinating. But the technical information as to what really works, what is possible for skin, that's just all peer-reviewed, published uh, medical journal information that's out there for everybody. Well, I like your uh, your books because you tell people what is in the creams right. that that they're buying. They may right. spend a lot of money on these creams, and they really don't have any idea. And your book is so, so helpful, particularly the uh, Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me. Now, have you ever been sued by any of the companies because of what you've said or written? Never. I shouldn't say, you know, never say never. You know, who knows? I mean, I, you know, count my lucky stars. But I think I'm, you know, we do, I mean, it's not that we haven't got angry letters over the years, but I do the same thing I've always done, which is I get the letter saying, you know, how dare you and, you know, from either the company itself or from some attorney. And then I write back and say, here's my research. Here is the documented evidence of why I said what I said. Now, you send me your evidence. Send me your research. I don't work from press releases or marketing copy. I need hard facts. You send me your research, and I'll be glad to retract. I will. I mean, I, that's why I do updates of my books, and, and on my website at cosmeticscop.com, I often update information because new research does come to light. And in the 25 years that I've been reviewing and looking and uh, evaluating cosmetic products and moisturizers and eyeshadows, everything, I've yet to have a cosmetic company come back and say, here's our research, you're wrong. And I think that speaks uh, <laughs> to the accuracy of your book. I, uh, I, you know, in a way it's really flattering and in a way it's, it's sad because, you know, here are some pretty major companies asserting incredible claims and the amount of misleading lying information is astounding. Now, the good news in, in, in the millennium, the good news is there's also more brilliant products than ever before. Really, the, the state of the art of the industry with products containing antioxidants and cell communicating ingredients uh, and ingredients that mimic the structure of skin, we truly can make a phenomenal difference in the way skin functions and help it to function better. And, and of course, what we know about sunscreens and UVA protection, I mean, the, the, it's just astounding. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of malarkey out there. In fact, the most expensive skin product ever was just launched a few months ago. It's $1,000 for a 28-day supply. And what, what does it say it's supposed to do? Well, I think, I don't know, give you a man. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, just about anything you would want it to do. Uh, replace your plastic surgeon. Replace yeah. your dermatologist who does cosmetic corrective procedures. That's what most of these ultra expensive, in fact, there's another one uh, from a line called Revive that came out for $600 for a half an ounce that's supposed to uh, contain uh, keratin hormone stimulating factor, KGF, uh, uh, keratin growth uh, factor. KGF, yeah, keratin growth factor hormone. Uh, and the, the other one from uh, DDF, that's the one that's $1,000 for the 28-day supply. It's supposedly supposed to get rid of your wrinkles. It's supposed to replace your plastic surgeon. And, of course, as you know, plastic surgeons are not going out of business just because these products are being launched all over the place. In fact, for the amount of money you can spend on these products, over a year, you could afford to see you. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, one of the problems that I have with many of these products is that they are complex 
proteins, and proteins just don't get into the skin. I heard an ad for a collagen compound that was supposed to replace your collagen. Right. The skin is impervious to these things. Right. It's designed to keep things out of the body, and the small molecules like... Uh, Peptides. Yeah, well, they may or may not get in, but certainly uh, glycolic acid gets into the body because it's a small molecule, right. and the uh, vitamin A type of drugs get into the body. But the big, the big ones like the hexapeptides, I'm not sure. What do you think of those? Well, I think what the I think what it is is we we just don't know. I think that cell communicating ingredients, which I think are I think where we're at with cell communicating ingredients, and these are ingredients that absorb into the skin, attach to a skin cell because there's receptor sites on the skin cell for that peptide, uh, that cell-communicating ingredient that tells it to behave better. And the cell listens. And we know there's cell-communicating ingredients that really work with the most well-known one, a prescription uh, you know, medication topical cream that you would get from you, would be you know, Renova or Retin-A. The active ingredient is tretinoin. In the cosmetic industry world, the version is retinol, which can convert to tretinoin in the skin. And we know there's receptor sites on the skin cell, uh, and that ingredient can absolutely tell the skin cell to behave better. There's research about niacinamide. In terms of peptides, we know that there are receptor sites on the skin, on the skin cell. The problem with peptides is, one, is that some of the bigger ones, whether or not they can get through, but also because they're very fragile and easily broken down, by enzymatic action in the skin, the likelihood that it ever gets to the skin cell, we just don't know. It's such new technology. I wouldn't bank on it. However, I think that it's, you know, it's kind of like where antioxidants were 10 years ago. Theoretically, it's fascinating. But whether or not it works or not, we didn't know that antioxidants worked till just recently. Whether or not cell-communicating ingredients, these new ones, particularly the peptides, will pan out is anybody's guess. Oh, just real quick, I was, you know, you said about when you apply things topically, you know, these, um, one of these, uh, arginine, which is one of the, uh, um, cell-communicating ingredients that is supposed to work like Botox. You've seen that, you know, mm-hmm. in ads for products saying right. it works well, you don't need Botox, it, calms the muscles and everything. Even Botox, when it's rubbed on the skin, doesn't affect the muscle. Of course. You could you could take a bath in Botox. Well, okay, maybe not a bath. But you could, you know, put it all over your forehead and skin, and you wouldn't affect a muscle one ounce, more or less these peptide-type uh, compounds. So we know that, theoretically, it's interesting. Whether or not it does a darn bit of good for the skin is still... It's mostly just hype and very little fact behind it. Right. And, you know, it's interesting that many of these uh, these purported drugs, these creams that are supposed to have actions, would then be classified as drugs as opposed to cosmetics. Right. And if they do, the FDA would have a uh, potential to rule whether or not they can even exist on the market. Well, but you know what happens, actually, what's sad, I mean, actually depends on your political point of view around regulatory. The FDA is, is pretty, has very little ability to, to, by the time it gets around, like let, some of these ads, I mean, this, the, particularly this, um, this product line called Revive, they're making claims about molecular dialogue and depigmenting. I mean, it's, it's just astounding what, what some of the claims are, and by the time the FDA gets to it, it's what a year or two down the road. That we we saw that with Strivectin. Strivectin um, sold 150 million dollars 
worth of its products saying it works like Botox. And by the time the FDA wrote letters and said cease and desist and change your ads, they'd already sold millions and millions and millions of products to consumers. So often by the time the FDA gets involved, the advertising campaign has either run its course or, you know, they change the words a little bit cause, and then, you know, the FDA is off their back. So the FDA is, is, is somewhat toothless in this arena to really get in there and help the consumer and, of course, what I hope is that that's the, what I can do in, in the immediate moment. Here's the research. Here's this product. You know, is it worth it or should you put the money in the bank so you can save up for your, you know, your facelift? Right, right. And I think the FDA has its hands full with stents and flu vaccine and, right, and all exactly. sorts of things like that. This is just a little lower on its list. Paula, can you uh, hang around after the commercials just for a couple more minutes? Sure, no problem. Great. Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. You're listening to Plastic Surgery in the Air, and we'll return in just a moment right here on WOR. Breakthrough medical research originally conducted to help doctors heal skin wounds has shown that copper plays an important role in healthy, firm, radiant skin. The Neova Therapy family of products captures the benefits of copper using a unique delivery system called GHK Copper Peptide, delivering copper deep into the skin. Research has shown that copper is an essential component for collagen in elastin production, and clinical studies demonstrate that GHK Copper Peptide decreases the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, and skin blotchiness, while while increasing skin firmness and tone in as little as two weeks. Neovatherapy products benefits all skin types and all ages. And when used as part of a medically supervised approach to anti-aging skin care, you'll never look better. The results are clearly visible. Available through physicians, Neovatherapy brings the power of GHK copper peptide to your anti-aging skin care program. Call 888-593-SKIN today to find a physician near you or visit our website at copperpeptide.com to see the the products for yourself. You'll be glad you did. W-O-R. At the Manhattan Center for Vaginal Surgery, we understand that there are real medical issues that are important to many women but are difficult to discuss with your physician. We are here to help. Our board-certified gynecologist can restore you to a pre-pregnancy state improving sexual function. Cosmetic genital surgery can improve your appearance and self-esteem. At the Manhattan Center for Vaginal Surgery, we specialize in surgeries to make you look and feel your best. Call us for a consultation at 212-308-4988 and visit our website at centerforvaginalsurgery.com. Welcome back. It's Plastic Surgery in the Air, and I'm Dr. Arthur Perry with my very special guest today, Paula Begon. Paula, are you there? I am, I am. Good. Well, we've got a call, uh, if you're interested. Uh, sure. Lauren is on the line who wanted to talk about Retin-A. Lauren, go ahead. Hi, doctor. Um, the reason I was calling, I got rosacea about four years ago. Right out of the blue, I got it. And I had been using Retin-A, or Renova, actually, for like, 15 years and my skin looked pretty really good yeah now i'm since i have the rosacea it's not pimples though it's just some flushing i have some red in my face yeah i'm afraid to use it should i well it it might so the the answer is rosacea there's no information that retin-a or renova the active ingredient in both is tretinoin would or would not make it worse Rosacea is a very personal disorder. Uh, it's a capillary malfunction. Some people would say, other people would say there's some, you know, kind of little microbe running around on your, you know, parrot, you know, little 
microbe something running around on your skin that needs to be you know taken care of to reduce the effect of what's happening with the capillaries and and then there's you know drug medication you know topical prescription medications like metrogel and metrocream and metrolotion you probably heard of that and some doctors yeah. actually prescribe Tazerac which is which has tretinoin for rosacea so there are some people that would say it would make it better but in the long run what the, what it is what you have rosacea is what makes your skin react is very personal you may or may not i don't even have rosacea and i can't use renova which is a shame because it is a very very good topical product for as a cell communicating ingredient to make skin cells act younger it's what it does it does it great uh whether or not you react is is really an unknown but i don't mm-hmm. think there's any reason not to give it a try okay. and see how it works you, you know you know the triggers for rosacea mostly are heat and irritants like alcohol and fragrance and things like that right yeah so you know it's you give it a try see if it works for you if it works it's it's a great thing to be able to use on your skin. All right, thank you. Good, and I might add that uh, vitamin C might have a role also in helping the rosacea symptoms look a little better. And if the capillaries are a big concern, we could go to a type of a laser that destroys those capillaries. Oh, good point. Good point, especially when they're visible. Which laser do you use, Dr. Perry, for that? Well, I like the uh, the old coherent laser, which is no longer being uh, made, but um, a YAG laser, anything that will destroy capillaries right. is uh, is uh, adequate for that. Yeah. Now, Paula, uh, what's your next project? What's coming up? Well, I'm uh, working on, uh, we're doing a report on Cellulite for the website at CosmeticsCop.com. We just got done uh, in January. We put up the best of beauty of 2005, so we recapped all of the beauty products we rated well in all price categories for 2005, and now we're doing a report for the websites on Cellulite taking a look at all the research that's out there about endermology and mesotherapy and all this kind of stuff, some laser treatment for uh, cellulite. So we're going to put up a big report. Uh, should be up by mid-February. Uh, kind of interesting new information and some also big warnings about wasting money. But uh, definitely interesting, uh, exciting, kind of having a good time looking into it. Great. And what's your next book? Don't go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me, 7th edition. 7th one. Uh, I am going to do another one. I wasn't going to. I lied. <laughs> I lied. It's too big. It's just the industry just, you know, it pisses me off, so I keep going. <laughs> I can't hardly help myself. What can I say? Okay. Well, I don't think we bleep that. We're okay. Oh, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, geez. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Is that, that a bad word? That's, that's fine. But we have run out of time. <laughs> it's not because you said that. Don't worry. But anyway, thank you so much, Paula Vigan. I really appreciate your coming on the show and giving us your insight. Paula is the author of Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me and The Beauty Bible and other books. Thank you again. You're a dear. Thank you, doctor. Take care now. We have on the line several callers, and I want to let you know that there are still some lines open, 212-528-0129. That's 212-528-0129. And during the week, you can email me at radioshow at periplasticsurgery.com. And I got many emails last week, and we'll get to those after the next phone call. We have Elizabeth, who's been hanging on the line for 15 minutes, wanted to talk about facial fillers. Elizabeth, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, Dr. Perry. Yes, Thank what you can I taking. do for you? Yes, I have had quite a bit of experience myself already with facial fillers to enhance my lips. And um, I'm aware that I'm not the only one who's constantly on a quest for the filler that will stay, will last. 
past one or two months. And I wanted to know your opinion on the latest fillers. Um, some of them are used for the lips as well as the face. And um, which ones you have the most faith in? Um, I've used everything, Cosmoderm, Cosmoplast, Fashion, Collagen. Uh, the latest I used was Juvederm HD30, which is actually not even approved for use in the United States, but mm. there are many plastic surgeons who are using it. Don't tell us who, because it is not approved. <laughs> I know, but it's just like wrestling, from what I understand, a larger molecule, and it's used in Europe and Canada. Yeah. But So what's your opinion on fillers? Well, right now for lip augmentation, there are three different approaches, and there's only one filler that I now put in the lips, and that is Restylane. Uh, any of the hyaluronic acids will do. Restylane, I feel, is the most robust hyaluronic acid. But if you're serious about a lip augmentation and you've had it a number of times, you may consider something a little more permanent, such as a fat grafting procedure, or even better, if you're willing, a dermal fat grafting procedure. That's probably the best technique in lip augmentation, where we actually make an incision in the lower abdomen or the buttocks or someplace that you have a scar, and if you don't have a scar... Oh, well, we could hide it somewhere. And what we do is we remove the upper layers of skin, leaving just the dermis. And I take the dermis along with some of the fat. And I sculpt that little piece of skin. I make two little incisions on either side of the uh, upper lip and two of the lower lip. And I thread that through. So it's a dermal fat graft. If you weren't interested in something that formal and you didn't want a scar somewhere in your body, then we go with fat grafting. And fat grafting, I take the fat from the belly or the hip, and it's a local anesthesia, local anesthesia procedure that we uh, then inject the fat into the lip. Now, it's interesting. Some people, the fat will survive long term. Some people, it will all go away. It really depends on how the procedure is done and what you do to take care of this afterwards. So thanks so much. Restylane is my uh, choice if you wanted a um, a filler from a bottle as opposed to a surgical procedure. Ray, you've been on the line a long time now. You wanted to talk about a healing scar. Are yeah. you there? Okay. I had um, a DNT tumor about five years ago. A what um, type of tumor? I'm sorry. DNT. Okay. Okay. So I have a pretty big scar in the back of my head. Um, it's uncomfortable, but they use steroids, so it's not red anymore, and it's not like um, bumpy or too thick. It's wide. Mm-hmm. And I had surgery five times to try to correct it, to try to hide the scar. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I had the surgery, it closed up, but after three months, it opened up again. Now, you're talking about the scar opened up? The scar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a problem. Do you have keloid? Is, do they call it a keloid. They, they're calling it a scar overgrowth. Okay, well, that could be either a keloid, which is a benign tumor of the scar tissue, or it could be a hypertrophic scar, which is just a big scar. Uh, you know, you've had surgery so many times, it's really very tough to continue reoperating for that. You might consider steroid injections. You might consider laser treatments. Scars are problems. And uh, it's interesting, one of the uh, simple things that was recently published was to place tape, just paper tape, over a scar for six months after it was formed. Now, on your head, it's very difficult to do that. But what the study showed that was that, Scars were significantly improved just by placing paper tape on them. So I hope that helps. We do want to go to some of our emails now. We had so many during the week, but let's do that right after these messages.
Cosmetic surgery can slow or reverse the changes of aging. It can give you a more attractive appearance. Dr. Arthur Perry, the host of Plastic Surgery in the Air, is a board-certified plastic surgeon with offices in the Princeton and Bridgewater, New Jersey areas, a short ride from New York City. He specializes in cosmetic surgery and has a particular interest in rhinoplasty, eyelid surgery, and body contouring procedures such as liposuction and tummy tucks. To schedule a consultation with Dr. Perry, call 732-422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. And check out his website at perryplasticsurgery.com. Biomedic is the professional corrective line of La Roche-Posay, the number one dermatologist-recommended skincare brand in Europe. Biomedic products offer a unique synergy of skin care services, including in-office procedures such as chemical peels and procedure enhancement treatments for pre- and post-operative care. Clinical safety and efficacy are at the core of Biomedic. For more information regarding Biomedic chemical peels and skin care products, please call 1-800-LRP-LABO or 1-800-577-5226. And welcome back. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is Plastic Surgery in the Air. We've had many emails over the week, and we'll get to as many as we can. Again, during the week, you can email me at radio show at Perry Plastic Surgery. But we've had a lot of people hanging on the line, and Janet, are you still there? Yes, I'm here, doctor. What can I do How for you? How are you, sir? Good. I, I have a question for you. How Up to what age can you get liposuction on your side? I have a pretty bad there. <laughs> I don't want to say it over the radio. Well, how, how old are you, Janet? Uh, don't give my lesson. Why well, didn't give it to you? Uh, at six and a five. Say that again. Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Okay. Well, that's that, that, no. that, that's not too old. Now, <laughs> Janet, it's not really the age that is the most important thing. It's your medical condition. So, at sixty-five, you could have liposuction if you didn't have a lot of other medical problems. Are you healthy? I'm healthy, but I take a lot of meds for a lot of stuff. Okay. So that probably rules me out. I well, it know. depends on what they're for. What kind of problems do you have? Uh, I, I'm sorry? What kind of medical problems do you have? Uh, I take uh, Lipitor, which you know what that is. Mm-hmm. I take, um, um, oh, what else? HCTZ-25, uh, hydroporosizide. Mm-hmm. And I take um, something for ADD, Stratera and Gavitur. not my age. I had a crisis. Oh, well, we're breaking up here, and I I, uh, I think I'm I have here. enough. Okay, good. I'm well, here, I'm here. You have hypertension. Is that why you take the hydrochlorothiazide? It's not that high, you know. Yes, yes. Okay. It's well, not really that high, but my doctor put me on it. Well, that's not too long a list. What I would do at age 65 is the the first step would be to see an internist and let them know that you're interested in having liposuction. And at 65, I would insist on an exercise stress test before surgery. What that will do is it will let us know just what's going on with your heart. If your heart is strong, if you don't have any problems with it, uh, then I would go ahead and make the appointment with the plastic surgeon. It's very possible that liposuction would be appropriate for you. I don't think 65 is too late. Now, we have time for maybe one email. Uh, we had Rita, who sent me a very, very long email. She's 36, and she's had a lot of stress, and she says she looks haggard. Her sister works for a plastic surgeon, and she's had a mini facelift and an endoscopic facelift. And a year later, she had her upper eyelids lifted, and then eight months later, she had a revision of her left eye. 
And she wants to know, at this point, what can she do? Well, Rita, at your age, you've already had a lot of surgery, and I would be looking at maintenance with less invasive techniques. You're, you're 36, and you've had a number of procedures already. Uh, I'm a big fan of the fillers like Radius and Restylane to fill in wrinkles. I think it would be a big mistake to put silicon or an implant into your nasolabial fold. You had mentioned in, in that very long email that you had uh, problems with uh, your nasolabial fold even at this point. You need a solid skin care program designed by either a plastic surgeon or a cosmetically oriented dermatologist. Well, remember, you can email me during the week at radioshow at periplasticsurgery.com. Now, you can also get a hold of me. We are running out of time. We're going to get to another email. But if you want to ask me a question during the week, my office phone number is 732-422-9600. Another email came in from Mary in New York, and she says, I'm pushing 70, and fortunately I have very few facial wrinkles and good skin tone. However, my hands give away my age. They are skeletal with protruding veins. Are there any procedures for this part of the body other than wearing very, very long sleeves? And then she put one of those little happy faces in her email. (laughs) Thanks for your attention. Well, that's a, a real good question, Mary. Hand cosmetic surgery is one of the very new areas of cosmetic surgery. Some people do things and some people do not. The things that you might consider doing would be fat grafting to the hands. And I mentioned fat grafting earlier in the show. We can actually take fat and inject it underneath the skin to hide those blood vessels. So you can really rejuvenate your uh, your hands that way. The other thing that's been done for hands is chemical peeling. And I've done what's called TCA or trichloroacetic chemical peels to the hands. We have to be very, very careful because if you do get scarring from either the TCA peel or the uh, fat grafting, it could be a real big functional problem with, uh, with your hands. Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. You have been listening to Plastic Surgery in the Air. Next week, we're going to be speaking about one of my favorite topics and one of my most common procedures that I do, which is tummy tucks. So save up your questions for next week. We're going to be talking about abdominoplasty, otherwise known as tummy tucks. And um, you can also email me. Remember that email is uh, a very good way to get a question in, particularly if you're nervous about being on the air. Again, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This has been Plastic Surgery in the Air on W. O-R. The preceding program was sponsored by the Perry Management Corporation, who is solely responsible for its content.